Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-depth series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. I'm Jen. I'm Tara. And this is episode 172 of Podcast in Death. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the brand new book that came out. Mm, it's been about a month now. Um, first part of September, and that is Payback and Death. Yep. Yes. So um, if you're somebody that hasn't read this book yet, you may want to skip this episode because we are going to be talking about the full episode. We're going to be talking about everything. There's going to be spoilers. If you listen to this whole thing and you haven't read the book yet, it's going to be spoiled for you. So you might want to skip this episode if you're that person that hasn't read it yet. Because as we said, you know, many times before, like, there are people that wait for the paperback. Yeah. Yeah. This episode will still be here for you when you finish it. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, but anyway, we read Payback and Death. <laughs> we, did. we did. We did. And what did we all think of it? I read it three times. Jesus. Okay. You know, I, I loved it. I really, really loved it. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what everybody else thinks, but it's just, it was a really, really good book. It was a really great read. It really was. Yeah. It felt like, I don't know, like it, it just, it felt like we're going to have people who are going to be like, stop with the ghostwriters or whatever but um <laughs> oh it doesn't feel at all like yeah anyone you know that that's there any no, fucking ground to stand no. on. <laughs> but honestly though like i was like this just feels like a solid in-depth book like it's very solid solid eve yeah. dallas work mystery it's absolutely so i just yeah. i really i really enjoyed it and you know what like there were things that I was like, oh, come on, you know, but that's, if we're not doing that, we don't know Eve, you know, <laughs> right? We're, exactly. always, we're always saying shit like that to Eve. So I really, I just, overall, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed this read. Um, yeah, yep. I did too. It's, it is a solid book and, um, you know, I mean, there's always those books that we have in the series where we're like, you know, if only this element was there on this book or yeah. would, you know if we saw this person or if you know this thing happened or whatever it would have been a better book this i feel like this book had everything everything you could possibly yeah, had everything yeah. it had a it had a great pace it had um great personal interactions mm -hmm. yeah. um yeah i mean just about there's there was nothing missing for me in no. this one no, no, I don't think I don't think there was anything missing in this book, honestly. Um, and we got to see like everyone's friends. Like there were a lot of little moments. Didn't get right. to see everyone, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, the people who made appearances made sense. Right. Yeah. No. It, the time, the time we spent just getting a little bit more from the bullpen. Mm -hmm. getting more on right. on the progress of the house getting right. getting um the not at all a surprise to me uh 
Webster thing. Um, oh my God. Not surprised. I was not surprised. The second, I was not surprised, but, but I it loved was like, it so much. Heart clutch. It's so good. I, I'm so in love with it. I do think that we've thought, talked about that before. Like, how is this going to work? Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. So how she decided to make it work was kind of a little bit of a surprise, but not a surprise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was not at all. I don't don't need it to be a surprise. I just, I, I, I liked it. It happened. Like that was really delightful. Honestly. Delightful and beautiful. And yeah, again, heart clutch, adorable. And we love it. Right. I mean, seriously. He's so, it's just, it's so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> I can't, I can't even, I can't even. I, it's just, well, adorable. As far as theme is concerned, I think we all agree that she pretty much beat us over the head with the theme, which was family in this one. Yeah. I mean, and right? that was pretty obvious from the very beginning. <laughs> It was it was real heavy handed, which is fine. Yeah, a little bit. Honestly, yeah. honestly, I love that. Yeah, and mostly the family that you make, family that you have, but but the family that you make together, and you know, so yeah, that whole theme of family was nice. Yes, um, very very sweet. And you know, obviously, that theme starts to come into to play from the very first chapter. Oh yeah, for sure. Because very first chapter, even Rorker on their third anniversary trip, uh, they did two weeks in Greece. Must be nice. Mm-hmm. And then they went to see Rorker's family in Ireland, which was adorable. Adorable. We all love that. I mean, seriously. Come I on. thought it was so adorable, though. So cute. Yeah. I mean, she, this, you know, the, the first chapter is one that she released early so a lot of us read it yeah ahead of time yeah yeah but it was like damn nor why'd you have to make everybody cry in the first chapter you know like right it was real i don't see that that's necessary i don't see that that the emotional terrorism is not necessary (laughs) ma'am so um from chapter one, there is right away a a passage here that has gotten, I, I guess, a lot of um, people um, highlighting it. And it basically says, Lieutenant Eve Dallas, murder cop, hadn't thought about murder and mayhem for days. That alone equaled vacation at a villa of some baked gold stone, views of sea and hill, of olive groves and vineyards out every window. Top it all off with lazy private time with the man she loved, and you had it all. So great! It was a hell of a perfect way to celebrate their third anniversary. So three years, three years. Yeah, and I'm so glad that there wasn't murder at the beginning of the book for them. Right? Yeah, Yeah. anniversary. Like, oh, okay. No busman's holiday for Eve. We were all waiting for it. We really were. We really were. Really were. I'm. I'm glad that there wasn't though. And no. No right. murders. You know. Beautiful. But you know, and that's and, unfortunately oh for Sean because Sean was really wanting something right? Sean to was happen. Oh, to really needing a murder. And Eve. And Eve. 
inviting Sean to go to come into Central. I just oh, so cute. Yeah, that was really sweet. So cute. So while visiting Rourke's family, um, Eve gives him his anniversary gift because he had given her hers early. Yes. And it was a painting done by Yancey of Eve and Rourke and all of the Ireland family on the farm and also including Rourke's mother, Siobhan, Somerset and Galahad. Somerset and Galahad. Galahad is in. Yes. Well, but if, you know, of course. Oh my God. The family. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a very touching scene. That was very like, that was where we were all bawling. I think it was so cute. Uh, facts <laughs> yeah so beautiful we love it yeah and i love how work was like you know you put somerset in it and he was like yeah well yancy painted it so <laughs> like it wasn't her like it was like, like well. no that was there's no way that was my idea uh-uh yeah yeah we are so. on to you eve we know better we know better right so um, after that first night, the next morning, even Sinead uh, have a talk about Rourke. And it was all about, you know, Sinead expressing to Eve because she hadn't yet about um, her being sad that they didn't really fight for Rourke. That entire scene made me ball. What, they, what, what could they have done? They couldn't really have done anything. Right. And that's what Eve told her. Like, there was nothing you could have done. Yeah. But I, I too, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was it was very, um, but you know, I mean, it, it it's it was just nice. It was a nice moment between Eve and and Sinead. Yeah, you know, it was um, basically um, Eve telling Sinead, you know, well, yeah, you might have let him go as a baby, but what counts is that you took him in when he came back to you as a man, and that was kind and of that's nice. so 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 important, of course, like. Of course, Sinead is like we could we weren't there all that time and this mm-hmm. uh, but like the and like the the way that Rourke f- was feeling when he stepped foot on her door, like the just feeling of like this could go so wrong, and yeah. the fact that she just was like welcome into the like so beautiful, so yep. beautiful, and yeah. that is it's like what you said that is what's most important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it it is it is very important to Rourke. So, you know, it's just sad that Sinead is even thinking of that. I know. Yeah, and she's so yeah, she's so like worried about it. So, but hopefully, Eve set her straight. Yeah. Well, that's our Eve. That's what she would do. So, and then Rourke, of course, was off and, you know, in the fields because that's what he does when he, they visit the family in Ireland. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Rourke just, Rourke just yeah. you know, does anything like wears $9,000 boots in the field. The cow in the pit, I could not stop laughing. I laughed my ass off. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's so honestly. Honestly, so ridiculous. ridiculous and so funny. Ridiculous. Yeah, because Eve comes out and she finds him, you know, milking a cow and milking a cow. And yeah. Robbie says to her, "Will you have ridiculous. a go then, Eve? Our Gertie here is gentle as a lamb." And Eve says, "Absolutely yes. not. No, never." Uh, that's a no. She'd heard the sounds lambs could make and didn't consider them gentle. 
And Rourke tells her it's satisfying. And Eve says, yeah, I bet. What man wouldn't want to get his hands on a tit that big? <laughs> and he says, when Robbie, Robbie roared with laughter, she stepped back. I'll leave the two of you to it. So, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, so just funny. 100% ridiculous. perfect. It's ridiculous. 100% and funny ridiculous and, and perfect. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. So ridiculous. So they're back in New York then um, and back at the house. And, uh, you know, Somerset's, of course, waiting for them. Somerset and Galahad in the uh, in the hallway. And Somerset says... The Welcome Home Committee. Or the Welcome the Home Committee. committee. The exactly. Home committee. And Somerset says, the bags you marked for me are unpacked and the others are upstairs except for the lieutenant's gift to you. Somerset gestured toward the main parlor and he says, as you requested. And it says, taking Eve's hand, Rourke walked into the parlor. The, ma- the painting hung in a place of prominence over the mantel. Surprised, Eve turned to him. She expected him to hang it in his office or maybe the library. Here, you're sure about this? And Rourke says, it's personal, but not private. It's family, so I'm sure, yes. And Somerset says, it's a precious gift. I'm honored to be included in it. And it says, Eve just shrugged. You're his real father, so she scooped Eve up the just cat. Shrugged. Well, you know what? Eve just shrugged. Eve. But Eve just shrugged and then, and then said, "You're his real father, so," which is it's so nice. Yeah, nice of Eve to say. I like. I love. I love. Even Somerset in this book are like just so much progress. Mm-hmm. So yeah. much. It doesn't. We're not making a statement about either. Like we're not make. Nora doesn't go. Okay, let me make sure that everyone sees that Eve and Somerset are like better. Like we're not making a statement about it. It's just happening, right. and it's so authentic and lovely. And Eve's not yep. like gushing about it or anything like that. I mean, it's an oh, offhand God, statement that she, she makes. Wouldn't. Like you know, <laughs> uh, well, you're his father, so yeah. You know. <laughs> and then let's not talk about it anymore or whatever. You know, so as um, expected. Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So so it's not like Eve completely turns into a completely different person. You know, I mean, she's still who she is. No, not not one single bit. (laughs) So as Eve and Rourke are getting ready to spend the last night of their vacation watching a vid and eating popcorn, Eve gets a call from Central. uh, Vacation's over early. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Eve. You didn't pick up a case in Ireland, but here's here's one before your vacation's over because yeah, you know, God forbid you have your entire vacation, right? So basically, it's uh, it's Webster requesting uh, for her assistance at an unattended death at fourteen Leonard Street, apartment three twenty one. As even Rourke drive to the scene, Eve realizes that the address belongs to Captain Martin Greenleaf, retired, who is essentially Webster's Feeney, right? Yeah. And he was the head of IAB, you know, for years while Webster was uh, working IAB and became his mentor. So Eve's like, oh, shit. For me, I found it to be so sad because, like, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really gave a shit about Webster's backstory. And I was like, <laughs> all I know is that Webster had a thing for Eve and, like, was weirdly obsessed with her after one one night stand. And that's a lot. And uh-huh. then, like, you see that Webster had kind of, like, like you said, like that similar relationship with his, with his mentor that Eve had with Feeney. And I was like, Oh, that's yeah. really sad because we don't, 
we didn't get to know Webster and then we see him kind of in this like sad situation instead of, you know, right. Getting to see it before because he wasn't, he wasn't a main character. He wasn't even like a supporting character. So I get it, but it made me sad and a little mad at myself for being like, I don't give a shit about Webster's backstory, (laughs) but I didn't because there's so many goddamn characters, you know? Right. It's always nice though. When she like throws in, a backstory for one of the it is. peripheral characters, you know, especially somebody like Webster, who you do really do kind like of Webster. want him to have a, a, you know, a good ending, you know, like a happy ending. Oh yeah. No, we do. We do like Webster. <laughs> like, Oh, well, I, I really yeah. love the idea that Greenleaf was Webster's Haney. I love right. that. Yeah. So as they drive, they talk about Webster and how he has spent a lot of time off planet visiting Darcia Angelo. So that's a little foreshadowing. <laughs> yep. yep. When she and Rourke got to the scene, Webster tells her that it looks like suicide, but Greenleaf would never do that. Eve can tell he's a mess and is struggling with grief. She won't let him talk to her until after she looks at the scene. So I think she sends him out with Rourke. Yes. Um, yes. After thoroughly going over the scene, Eve agrees that it's not suicide. The scene is set to look like he used a police stunner to kill himself. There's a suicide note on the computer he's got a computer there and there's a suicide note on there but it's like really kind of impersonal basically saying like he can't live with himself after having fucked up all these people's you know lives or whatever also like the timing on that like also another red flag to this whole thing the timing just like randomly out of nowhere oh i'm i did all this shitty stuff i retired 12 years ago whatever the fuck but the whole mm-hmm. time I was waiting for Eve to be like, this is also a red flag, but she had so many other fucking red flags. Right. She didn't yep. think about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But that was one for me. I was like, okay, obviously it wasn't going to be a suicide anyway, because in death. But- right. Yeah. <laughs> How did you guys feel about like Eve was very, she was pretty focused on the neighbors. You know, I think that I think that it's actually kind of fun to think about this right after we had a long conversation about Eve and her her potential sensitive um, skills mixed with the fact that she's exceptionally observant and aware. And because because she, you know, her whole her whole like obsession not obsession is not the right word but her whole like focus on the neighbors this whole time really stemmed from this thing she noticed mm-hmm. yeah by just by paying attention to this to this woman you know and like that's i then there's gonna be people who are gonna have problems with it i'm sure but but to me i'm like yeah. that's just another way that nora is reiterating that eve has these instincts based on what she observes you right. know mixed with potential whatever else but at the end of the day, she observed that and her whatever spidey senses were like, that's weird. <laughs> spidey senses. But moment. I mean, like, that's, that's no, really, no. you know, really true. Yeah. yeah. This, that's, and cause I, I thought about that because I'm like, well, I know that people are going to be like, oh, why was she so obsessed with that? <laughs> right. Like, that's so, wow, she's just the perfect cop or whatever, you know? And I'm just like, but, that's that's the character that's been built. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, that was my feeling about it. I don't know that I no. And now, I, now I didn't follow her with it. I like she noticed it, and then of course we get through the rest of the book, and I'm like, okay, right. I do remember Eve being like, well, that's weird, you know. 
<laughs> so right. right and yeah that was kind of my whole thing i was like okay well maybe you know i and i was like all right i'm not i'm not happy about that but I don't know. I felt like I felt any specific way about it, but um, yeah, I feel like you do Tara. Like she saw the look on her face. A that was one thing. Yeah. And the other thing we learned right at the very beginning was that she found the open window. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she also found out at that same time that um, the neighbor had been in the bedroom that evening. Yep. Right. Right. So it it kind of made sense to me. Yeah. Like I kind of, saw it the way she did like mm-hmm. hmm, yeah well i mean and obviously like i don't know if, i don't know about you but i every time she went back to that part of me was like i wonder how this would work because she couldn't find the motive for so long right but right. um, then part of me was like oh it's just you know it's a red herring eve is so focused on that because right. of all the coincidences um but even for, even from the beginning. So I started a reread. Um, I haven't, I didn't finish the reread, but even from the beginning, it's not just that Eve is like fixated on the neighbors. It's all, she's also fixated on the idea that this was, this was very possibly not a cop. There's too many mistakes. There's too many things that just don't go, don't scream that a cop did this. Like if a cop had done it, it would have been this, you know? Right. So and that was a for me. That was just a shocking thing at the end of it. I was like, "Oh, I just expected that it would be a cop because cop killer a lot of times is a cop, right?" Right. You know? yeah. Um. And I, I don't know. Again, I, I really fucking solid book. It really was. It was really good. Right. Yeah. Um. And I don't know about either of you, but there was. I can't remember where it happened for me, but there was a point in the book where just for a few seconds, I, I went, Oh, wait, a minute, is it Webster? Oh, like oh, she was trying no. to. Oh, God. So, okay. So I'm so glad you brought that up because my brain was, I didn't necessarily go, Oh, is it Webster? I almost went, Oh my God, is Eve going to be like, fuck, I have to prove it's not Webster because we all know right. it's not him. Right. Like, cause, right. because yeah. it really that, did. I know uh, yeah. what you're I saying. I kind of went there too. Yeah. I know what you're saying because like, Oh my God. Uh, like, yes. Like, no. <laughs> I mean, honestly, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Means and opportunity were there. Right. Like that's the thing is like, and that was, yeah. and I think that was some really fucking clever writing of yeah. Nora's. Of course oh, it was. Sure. But like, I, I was kind of waiting for Eve doing that. Well, fuck, I have to do this extra work to like clear Webster on top of every fucking else. Every, you know, right. Like I she go there. I was like, nope, nope. Oh, no, I never, I don't know that I ever was like, I think it's Webster, but no. I, I definitely had a moment where I was like, oh, he's going to have to fucking clear Webster. That's fucking sucks. Cause she has so much going on. Right. Cause then she had, you know, that the, the one guy who was like Lansing detective right. Lansing, that shit, that guy, but like, she has all this extra shit. So that was, that was when I was like, Oh, also maybe you have to clear Webster's name. I don't like that <laughs> for you. What a right. shitty welcome back right. from your vacation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know that um, we're, we're going to get people that are going to say like, oh, well, she's psychic. Obviously, she knew from the very beginning who it was. But I, I think it made sense to me, you know, from the very beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, it, when, when you get back, you know, when again, this is just how Nora writes. Mm-hmm. When you get into the get into Eve pulling all the pieces together and fitting them into the puzzle, you're like. Oh yeah, I do see it. You know, that's the whole fucking yep. point. Like that is that is why we read the books from yep. this from this uh, viewpoint, right. you know. Yeah. So that we see the pieces come together too, and it's awesome writing when you look back at it. And you're like, oh yeah, I do remember that Eve was like, what the fuck is that weird look for? Right. Oh, the window was open. Oh, she was. You know, like right. it's the stuff that yep, that is exactly. really fucking good writing. Yeah, because we're not reading for it, or we are obsessively reading for it. But either way, we're missing it, you know. Yeah, and we're supposed yep. to. We're supposed to discover it with Eve, right? Usually, yeah, yep, exactly. So you know, uh, sweepers come in and they're doing their thing, and the head sweeper, whose name is Frowicky, um, tells Eve oh, that sorry. they only found green leaves prints on the weapon. But that the fact that the prints on the stunner were so clear and perfect, it's suspicious. Um, Super sus. Right. But also there's no prints on the bedroom window lock or any of the windows in the bedroom. So that's also suspicious. Totally sus. Then um, (laughs) Greenleaf's wife comes home uh, with her upstairs neighbor, Elva Arnez. And Webster has to break the news to her, which is really sad for webster yeah um yeah and eve briefly questions arnez before letting her go home arnez tells eve that she was in the apartment and in greenleaf's bedroom that evening before she and beth left for the girls night so yeah that's when like we said it's all starting to come together a little bit for eve um Eve questions beth greenleaf who walks through the timeline and tells eve that greenleaf admired her uh, well, Webster tells her that he asked Eve to lead the investigation because she's not just as good as everyone thinks. She's probably better. So they go through like when <laughs> Beth washes the windows and whether or not she locks them or doesn't lock them. You know, um, Eve has her pack a bag so that Webster can take her over to her family's house. And once Beth and Webster leave the apartment. Eve walks through again with Rourke. Um, she can't rule out suicide, but she thinks it's murder because one, the prints on the weapon, two, because the personal suicide note, and three, because of the unlocked window in the master bedroom. So she's got all, she actually has a lot of clues up to this point. I mean, this is at the yeah. very yeah. beginning of For the sure. investigation, and she has a ton of clues. Next day, Eve wakes up earlier than planned, and she can't stop thinking about the case. So she gets up and takes a shower. Then she walks into the bedroom. She's thrilled that Rourke announces that he is making waffles for breakfast. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So Whitney calls before they can eat and she briefs them on the case. Whitney thinks Webster finding the body is a disadvantage. Eve thinks otherwise and points out that the killer didn't expect anyone to f- be finding Greenleaf so soon. And it gave them a jump on things. Um, as she and Rourke eat, um, they go over the points of the case. Uh, Eve walks under a closet and of course stresses because she's out of practice picking clothes. 
<laughs> because well, that's Eve. Rourke has to help her, <laughs> of course, pick out her outfit for the day. And then, of course, Galahad tries to get to their food, and Rourke has to chase him. Go chase him. And Eve says, "I wonder what your business rivals would think if they knew you argue with your cat." I laughed out loud. I literally cackled. <laughs> I literally laughed out loud. I was like, yes. I was like, yeah, I love the idea of like someone. Here's the thing. Is it like none of us know anyone who has as much money as Rourke. Right. And there are people in the world that I know of or, you know, like work near because <laughs> I work for China's company. But I'm like, <laughs> I feel like they are also those type of people where at home they absolutely are like my fucking dog just shit on the floor. Like, you know, like they're, mm-hmm. they still have regular people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Things, but I, regular I'm people. like, you yeah. have millions of dollars and I can't imagine you living that and way. You're arguing but with your fucking cat. I am never, I am never like thrown off by the idea of Rourke and Galahad and they're like, constant you know battle over the bacon i'm always like like i've never i've never like i'm never like oh my god why is no one else dealing with that cat like even Rourke the dealing with galahad the bacon. and being domestic as fuck with galahad feels so right i love it right. so much so good. and then if it's you stop so you're like good. they are fucking gajillionaires they don't have to feed their cat they have a butler to do that shit but they don't because they love their cat it just makes right. me happy yeah <laughs> makes me happy. So true. It's so true. I love and it. And so that makes me hopeful that the other people with lots of fucking money in the world still go home and pet their dogs and yell at them for drooling on the couch. Do like, they though? I mean, well, you know I don't know. Do. I mean, the Queen of England, you know, talked to her I, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, those okay, dogs were cool. Sure. So, but so I would like, like to believe that Bezos is going home well, and pet yeah, fuck him. Yeah, absolutely, he's not. He's a dick. Yes, fuck, fuck him. But yes, he probably does. He probably goes home to uh, his dog. I don't know. Okay, maybe he doesn't have a dog. Maybe, nurse, but um, yeah, a lot. I know a lot of them do. Sure, they're humans. Right. <laughs> right. I guess. So he finally heads out and um. There's a really nice little um, button moment. You know, yes. um, he there says, um, my best to Peabody. And then he says, take care of my cop. And Eve just says, affirmative. Because <laughs> she's Eve. <laughs> she's and, such a uh, romantic. Right. And that's almost like saying ditto, right? Right. So, um, yeah. And it says, he thought of Elizabeth Greenleaf spending the first day of her life without the love of it. And slipped his hand in his pocket, rubbed the gray button he kept there as he watched the love of his leave. I cannot. Right? Like, okay. I, mean, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. So, um, so Eve, first thing she does is go to the green leaves. And, she, you know, she's checking out the fire escape because the window that was unlocked led right out to the fire escape. And um, then she has some run in with one of the neighbors and asked her if she saw anyone on the fire escape the night before. And the neighbor said she didn't, but I think that what that tells Eve is that there's neighbors that are looking out, you know, yeah. if someone had climbed up the fire escape from the bottom, 
someone would have seen or someone would have right. said, what the hell are you doing? You know, or something, you know, yep. heading into the building. She does another walkthrough. She climbs out the window and does a count of how long it would take to get in and kill Greenleaf. Um, then Peabody arrives and um, they walk through the scene or Peabody does um, as Peabody looks in the closet, Eve asks if she heard that in, you know, Peabody says, what? And Eve says, I just unlocked the window. But Peabody didn't hear anything. So she's establishing whether or not the person that she's currently thinking is the, you know, murderer or involved could have unlocked that door while she was in the room with Beth Greenleaf and without her Beth Greenleaf knowing she's unlocking the window. Yeah. Next, they go to question Arnez and her boyfriend, Denzel Robards. They live two floors up, directly above the Greenleafs. Even Peabody asked to come in and talk to them. Um, this uh, outline is way too detailed. <laughs> um, Good for them. <laughs> I should say, Maureen, um, Maureen Lee did this for us. Thank you, Maureen. Thank uh, you, Maureen. She did, she did half of it. What we decided was that she would do half and I would do half. She would start at the beginning and I would start at the end and we would meet in the middle. So that's kind of what, what, what happened. So I'm sure that the timeline will get a lot less detailed once we get to my parts, because I'm like, <laughs> 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 so that's, that would be me though. I would, I would like, eh, I mean, a hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. So Arnez talks about how in shock she is and how much she enjoyed Beth. Robart says that he was home the night before, just watched a video and had popcorn and beer. And as they left, Dallas mentioned um, them having their windows open just to put the open windows in their heads. Eve tells Peabody that their answers are almost like they were practiced. Eve and well. Peabody go in different directions. Eve heads to the morgue. We know Peabody doesn't like the morgue, so. Not her favorite place. No. Um, Morris tells Eve there's nothing in Greenleaf's body that indicated anything unusual. They looked at the stunner marks and both commented that the stunner was jammed in so hard and held a bit. Something that Greenleaf would know is unnecessary, but also something that he probably couldn't have done. Morris explains that if he had held the stunner to his own throat, the marks would not be as distinct and the body would have convulsed and he could have not held a weapon there for five to six seconds. So they both kind of believe it is homicide. And by kind of believe they're like, okay, <laughs> it's homicide. Yeah. Right. So back at cop central, Eve walks into homicide and over to Jenkinson. Uh, I love this part. She like it purposely puts on sunshades because of his tie. Oh my God. It, it's, I just love the running gags in the bullpen. Right. Exactly. Honestly, like that bullpen. And now, I mean, that's essentially what Brooklyn nine nine is, but like the bullpen needs its own fucking sitcom. <laughs> P.S. If you've never watched Brooklyn Nine Nine, highly recommend. It's basically like fucking police bullshit. Yeah. So she puts her sunshades on and she, you know, talks to Jenkinson mm -hmm. a little bit, and then she goes back in her office and she's got a black balloon floating in there, saying, "Bad guys beware! <sighs> Dallas is back in town." Love Which it. I love. Um, I love that shit. 
then she and Peabody go to the conference room where Webster is waiting. Eve informs him that the case is officially a homicide. Eve surprises Peabody by telling Webster that Peabody will take his statement. <clears throat> and they proceed through the interview. And that, I mean, that makes sense. She's already taken Rourke's statement once, so she's... Right, I was like, I was like, if you could survive taking Rourke's statement, you're right? fine. Yeah. I mean, she barely did, but still. Right. She was very emotionally, exactly. like, upset by she's that. She's a little but better at it now, so that's fine. Right. So Peabody is interviewing Webster, and um, after that was done, they walk out of the conference room and Eve hears shouting in the bullpen. Oh, my God. Uh, two unknown cops are there. One is getting into it with Jenkinson. Before Jenkinson can take a swing, oh Eve intervenes. God. And it's Lansing from IAB, and he starts yelling ab- about them covering up Greenleaf's death as a suicide. Um, Lansing gives Eve a shove, and she has to calm Jenkinson down. She tells Lansing her recorder has been on the entire time. She's recording him for disciplinary action and suggests he leaves. Uh, just as Lansing gets ready to punch Eve, Whitney storms in and tells him to go s- to stand down and goes to tell and tells him to go wait in his office. And the other guy that's with him, Dennison, he apologizes for not being able to control Lansing. Right. So. Oh, Dennison. <laughs> that poor guy. Not too great of a cop. Sir, yeah. that no. poor guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, what, you know. what, did you, what did you do, Dennison? You did nothing productive, right? Yeah, stood there you're, well. just, you're just there. Nothing I could do. So, <laughs> and that seemed kind of weird. And again, yeah. it's it's we've talked about this before about Nora doesn't ever put things in the book that don't have to do that's superfluous. It also has a, it always has a purpose. Yeah. I couldn't really okay. see that purpose. We're not done with him, right? I, I don't know. Maybe not. Like, I mean, it I has to go through like, like an investigation. Like it has not, to go through probably. But I also feel like we are. I, I, with, with no. like the Nadine explanation, I was like, maybe we are done with him. The, but the Nadine explanation is so stupid. Yeah, it is kind of dumb. It's well, yeah. It's it's a dumb motive. It's not. It's not like dumb as far as like terrible plot point. It's dumb as far as a motivator. Like the right. fuck is wrong with this dude? Right. I yeah. I, I feel like it. there's a possibility that we're not done with whatever the fuck yeah. this guy's about. Well, first I thought, well, maybe he's in in on it somehow because. I mean, how would you know? I did too. That, yeah, initially I thought that too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously everybody would would have known by this time. But this guy comes charging in. And he's like, you know, you're investigating this as a suicide. How dare you? And it's like, oh, this guy must have something. Somebody must have tipped him off or something. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Then it ended up he's, not being that, and I was like, oh, uh, huh. He's yeah. just like the some of the things he was saying were were the were were what like set me kind of in this confused place where I'll be like, I will, I don't understand what this is about either. When he was like, you know, you'll fuck this up or whatever, like you always do or whatever. Like, like, where is your proof that she's doing a terrible job? Right. Like, I understand that. I I don't understand it, but later on you're like, Oh, he's jealous or whatever. But like, those are not words of a person that is just jealous. Like he's just throwing out slanderous shit. Like, you know, you, you cover up bad things, like trying to 
pin her as a dirty cop, trying to pin her as a bad cop. Right. Not just being like, you know, it's it's not like um it's not just the uh, who all do you sleep with to get to this position. Right. Like that's that's not what it is. Right. Like that's not not what that's not just what it is, I guess right. I should say, because he totally is like that too. But it's like there's something else there. Mm-hmm. It's all just weird. Yeah. And I never really got unless it's yeah like just like unless it is setting up for some other storyline that she's got that she's got in her head that is yeah. maybe the next book or the book after yeah. or it could be yeah. an early setup yeah and which could sense. be fun because like she hasn't really done that mm-hmm. so and it also i don't know if it was this situation with lansing or something about the book made me think of it about you know, we all we all talk about like the end of the series. Right. And we all talk about well, the end of the series obviously is gonna be Eve deciding that she's gonna take the the captaincy and get off the streets and you know. But then I started thinking about because people, you know, our speculation is also maybe she gets pregnant. And then she Right. Well, then now I have to kind of like step back, take the captaincy, whatever. And then I started thinking about like um at the end of the series, I wonder if that could also maybe be, because um, we haven't seen it very often, Eve getting really injured or being in real, real danger and finally deciding, I can't do this to Rourke anymore. I don't know what, oh. it, I don't know what it was oh. about this book that made me think about that. I mean, yeah. But that could be a possibility. That's, Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's just something I thought of in this book, and I can't remember why specifically <laughs> yeah. that came to my mind, but um, that no, seems like that's... a likely ending. Yeah. So after Lansing, like, storms off, uh, Eve takes Whitney into her office to watch the recording uh, That because, thank goodness, she turned on her recorder before coming out. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, just, that's just Eve's habit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so. uh, I hear, I think I hear raised voices three miles away. I must turn <laughs> on my recorder. <laughs> well, it's just her instinct. So, um, but what we didn't talk about was the um, point of, of the book where um, uh, Jenkinson is standing up to Lang- Lansing and he probably says more fucks in that, ep- in that instance <sighs> than so even in treachery. Oh, so Dana. <laughs> yeah, we need to know how many how many fucks exactly. We Dana's working on that. She's probably already done. Um, she's, she's, already done. she's already added it to the you know to the spreadsheet. But oh, I'm sure. it was a lot of fucks. A lot of fucks. Yeah. A, a lot, lot of fucks, fucks were spoken. Yeah. <laughs> uh so Whitney asked her how she kept her own control. She said it was hard, but she if if he had if she had swung on him the entire bullpen would have popped off and you know they didn't deserve that on their record that's what she tells them um before- how, how generous of you <laughs> right before he leaves uh uh whitney tells eve that the reason why he's came to her office in the first place was to tell her that uh jenkinson had passed his ds exam Hooray. which nobody's surprised about nope nope but it's nice to have that like little bit of joy about that yeah yeah like something nice after what just happened (laughs) right yeah so uh you know whitney's like do you want to tell him and 
so she goes out to the bullpen and um, she essentially goes over to him and, you know, says Jenkinson or whatever. And he right away starts like, look, he did this and I did that. And I would still do that. You know, I would, I'm not going to apologize. And she's like, fine. You know, she's like, no, it's fine. I, <laughs> I appreciate the backup. And then she tells him again, I appreciate the sentiment. And the backup, Detective Sergeant Jenkinson. And that was a great moment. It's so good. And it is lovely. You know, congratulations <clears throat> all around. And Eve gives them five minutes of lunacy before they have to go back to work. Five minutes of lunacy. Well, Thanks, Eve. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, well, I laughed at that too. There's so was much like, lunacy you, know, you can take. Right? I mean, they're cops. <laughs> Because, so, you know, they can do, there's can be a lot of lunacy in that bullpen. So you have to, you do have to put a, oh yeah, you do have to put a time limit on that. Oh yeah. Um, so back in her office, she starts digging into, um, Robards and Arnez. She wondered what Arnez had in common with all of the older women in their friend group. Cause most of the women in there were like way older than her. She was like, that's suspicious. <laughs> Although I guess maybe not. You could have that. Right. I was, I'm like, I'm like, is it? Cause like Mira is your friend. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what she starts thinking. Like, but on the yeah. other hand, look at all these weird people that are my friends, like this weird collection of people that I've amassed as my friends. So maybe it's not so weird. Webster texts her that the family was all together again, and it was a good time for her to interview them. So she gathers up her case items and Peabody and she heads out. As they head over to the Greenleaf home, Peabody tells Eve that Lansing came at her before Jenkinson stepped in. And I love Eve was like, oh, what? You know, was oh, like, what the fuck? Me? Yeah. So she probably would have swung on him if she had known that. Oh, yeah. Um, Eve tells her, orders her to write it up when they're done. Peabody's kind of you know, not sure that she should do that, but she's going to do it anyway. Um, because Lansing had threatened to kick Peabody's fat ass, Eve tells her, and because I know this single point was stick in your craw, let me dispute it <laughs> factually. You don't have a fat ass. Oh, Eve, you're <laughs> such a good partner. Right. A good friend. Yeah. So Webster lets them into the Greenleaf townhouse and introduces uh, them to everyone. Literally, Webster, like, I just love how he literally is part of that family. Yeah, it's nice, you know, I mean, because we get a little bit of his backstory and how, you know, he didn't get along with his yeah. parents. And so this family kind of like stepped in and was his family, you know, and that's nice. Yeah. But again, he, uh, uh, Nora's like hitting us over the head with that family theme. So, yeah, she's literally <laughs> hitting us over she the really head. She really is. All the grown children mentioned a cop that Greenleaf had been worried about 17 years ago. And he was cautioning all of them about this guy. And his name is Adam Carson. He got arrested and given life in prison. And he was killed in prison years ago. Uh, and this is just starting of her amassing this list of cops that um, have killed themselves because of Greenleaf or, or because of the investigations against them. Because she has this massive list, you know. One child said it had to be a cop. Eve says that she doesn't believe it was. Eve points out that the person that made the person that made mistakes and a trained cop wouldn't make. 
these same mistakes. As they leave, Eve tells them that she considered that Captain Greenleaf died in the line of duty, which kind of did. Yeah. So I don't know if can can we skip over Eve? Eve uh, interviews all these people who are inconsequential. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I mean, so many inconsequential interviews, right. and it's because she has to eliminate people, right? I mean, obviously yeah, they right. think it's it's revenge because this guy was IAB, and there's tons of um, people that it could be, and I think that's the whole point that there are tons of people that it could be. You know, and she talks to several people. It's crazy. Although at one point, I think she goes to like, she goes to a place, is it Open Doors or the Great House? Oh, no. Open Doors is the is the yes. place for women who were in jail and like a re- rehabilitation, yeah. which mm-hmm. I thought, oh, okay, what is that going to be Rourke's next project? Is he going to start investing in that too? Or maybe, um, which I'm not opposed to. I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. No. No. Um, but yeah, the chapter eight is basically them going to different people who, you know, have something to do, have had ties with IAB or had been investigated by IAB and put in jail. So, uh, they're gonna stop for the night after interviewing all these people and, uh, Peabody convinces Eve to go over to the house, see the great house project. Because she hadn't seen it for <laughs> several weeks. The Great House Project. So, the Great House Project. He calls Roy and he agrees to meet them at the Great House Project. Yep. Um, which is so cute. Yeah. It's just cute. It's it's really cute. And Peabody is so excited that Eve's coming to see the house that she's bouncing in her seat, and Eve tells her joyful bouncing is forbidden on the job <laughs> because she's Eve. <laughs> Because she's Eve. <laughs> right. Um, but also, this is the time when Eve mentions uh, to Peabody that when she first saw Arnez, she had a look. She had a weird look on her face. She looked excited. Right. Yes. So they arrive at the house. Eve finds that the DLE is on the open sesame list. So that's nice. Yep. Yes. Um, Eve is impressed with the outside and all the changes that have been done in a couple of months. It sounds really fucking cool. The ha- yeah. Really it really works. sounds like a really, really great does. job. It really does. Uh, yeah. Then Bella comes out, Bella and Mavis. We have a Bella moment. So yeah, they're going to go around back because, uh, Peabody wants him to see the, uh, wants Eve to see the water feature that she's been working on. The water and feature. Eve yeah. is like completely amazed by it. It just sounds amazing. Right. Well, and also, like, if Eve is impressed with it, you know it's really cool. Right? Yeah. I mean, we already I, knew it was really cool, but, like, Eve yeah. takes a lot for her to, like, stop and go, that is really cool. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when they look at the kitchen, um, Peabody then shows off the dining room and tells Eve how they found an old dining room table that looked like the kind of table her dad would have made. And oh then when she checked, she found his name yes. was on the underside. So they had to get it. That made me cry. Yeah, yeah. that was really, that was really touching. That's, I was like, oh, I love that. Oh my God. Yes. It's overly sentimental, but I absolutely love that. I don't we care. love some overly sentimental stuff. Sometimes <laughs> it it's me. good to have overly over sentimental. Give it to me. Right? Yeah. Put it in my veins. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So afterwards, uh, even Rourke arrived home. They immediately head for Eve's office. She managed to convince Rourke um, to have spaghetti and meatballs for dinner. So nobody's surprised. Well, no. They eat. She asks him to dig into Arnez and Robards. Eve gets back to work after the update. She starts looking at cops that Greenleaf and IAB have put away. Um, Rourke indicates that the finances of Arnez and Robards show nothing out of the norm. Two hours later, they stop for the night and head to bed. And of course, they do the thing. They do the thing. Because yep. you have to. Because yeah, they're married. Yeah, it would be very weird. Once again, Jetlag had Eve waking up early. She decides to hit the gym, and now this is the part with the zombies. Fucking zombies. Zombies? Yes. But, like, I'm with Rourke. Like, just turn off the program if you're, like... But she wasn't. That's the point. I don't point. get it. I kind of love right? it, though. I do, I mean, too, but that's Eve. That's what Eve would be like, I guess this is what we're doing now. This is what we're doing. <laughs> right. Me, I would turn off the fucking program. Fuck that. <laughs> no, exactly. I, also, I wouldn't be I running. So, <laughs> but let's be clear. I wouldn't be running. In like place. I wouldn't be on the treadmill, but if I were, <laughs> but here's Eve. Like, oh, zombies! Zombies! Yay. Okay, let's do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like Eve is a hundred percent prepared for the zombie apocalypse. Right. She'd oh, just be God, like, okay, yeah. I guess we're doing this. God, <laughs> yes. The rest of us are like, really, that zombies? That ponytail holders. Yeah, exactly. She's, like, she's all ready to yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the fact that Rourke has these things in there. I mean, she, he knows that eventually she's going to maybe pop one of those oh, in God, and, yeah. and, you know, because it's just for fun. And she, he knows that she needs fun right. in her life. I mean, also, <laughs> like, that's funny as fun. It, it really is funny. You know, he, you know, she's telling him about this and, you know, he's got some way of recording that this happened anyway. So, <laughs> and he is watching or he will right. later and laughing his ass mm-hmm. off. Oh, she probably did a really good job with it. I don't know. Who knows? Oh, I'm sh- oh, yeah. she definitely. Yeah. I mean, the way they, the way it was described, she completely kicked yeah. ass. So. It's and fun. also just continued running. And continued running. <laughs> she got a good run in. Yep. So over breakfast, Rourke tells her that he uh he is having a meeting on her building that afternoon. And yes. uh, that Stone was moving his club and living quarters to New Jersey. Right. Which yay. Right. Dick. Cause screw him. <laughs> God. And again, Eve being, you know, intentionally, unintentionally the best friend. Um, Eve mentions that Peabody had <laughs> gone gooey eyed over some sculpture at the metal artists, you know, uh, studio uh, when they were in Encore. Right. And that Peabody yep. had mentioned a garden sculpture uh, Lane had commissioned that would go well for Mavis. Rourke agrees and to take them on for housewarming gifts. This is worded weirdly, but okay. Um, <laughs> so essentially, yeah, I mean, yeah. you knew as soon as they were in that uh, artist studio and oh, Peabody sure. said something about that lamp, Eve was thinking in her mind, like, okay, you know. Yep. So Rourke is going to go to this guy and purchase those two things for Peabody and for Mavis for the new house. Which is, again, Eve. Just again, yep. Eve is so good. Yeah. 
Then they talk about the case again. And Eve wonders if the murder is a mirror uh, payback for someone who committed suicide. Uh, Eve heads off to Central. She ran through different theories as she drove to work. As she pulls into the garage, she sees Lansing lying in wait for her. And she mentions the garage cams are watching. Like, look, idiot. There's cameras everywhere here. What are you doing? Like, yeah, the fucking idiot, honestly. Right. Moron. Yeah. But he goes for her anyway. Then Baxter pulls in and starts to intervene, but Eve tells him to stay back. Um, so Lansing backhands her. She lets him. Like, because she's Eve. Because she's Eve. <laughs> she's <laughs> always, always down to let someone punch her in the face to prove a fucking point. Right, exactly. But you know what? They can run for the team. That's already true. Yeah. <laughs> well, she can't throw the first punch. She has to wait for him to do it. And That's he right. did it. She's like, you well, we're just... she's always right, too. She always knows that they're, they're right. going to do that. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't really blame her for her strategy. So, um, so they kind of fight a little bit and then um, Lansing punches her intentionally in the breast. So she takes him down as she Fucking reaches for her cuffs. He pulls a stunner and misses her, but hits Baxter. But thank God for that fancy ass vest. That's right. Rourke's uh, anniversary present. People, it's it's about to get around for people to just not even bother trying to, to stun these people. <laughs> Maybe they hadn't. They didn't know yet. Well, no, I don't think they know yet, but it's going to get around. Uh, yeah. Give it a couple of books. People will be like pulling out their stunner on someone and be like, never mind. I'm not even yeah, gonna never mind. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so she reads Lansing his rights while Baxter parks and has Baxter take him in. Then she heads for Mira's office and Mira's admin is like, oh, my God, what happened? You know. <laughs> it's kind of which is crazy crazy yeah mira's admin is always such a bitch but then mira walks in right after her and is like oh my god what happened to your face <laughs> right everyone's like oh my god right. <laughs> oh my god mira takes her in her office and tends to her injuries she tells eve she'll personally handling handle lansing's psych evaluation and then they shift the conversation to greenleaf because somehow mira has all the time in the world well, yeah. Is it just me? There's right. no way Mira's schedule, uh, like, right. I how know. does her schedule accommodate so much? She is fucking amazing. Right. But um, we've had this discussion before about Mira does everything, right? Mira does do everything, including in, including yes. medical doctoring. And um, like this is this is one of the times where I thought, <laughs> like, okay, Nora's listening to us because <laughs> Mira actually says to Eve. Yeah. So Mira says to Eve, like, Eve, did you forget that I'm actually a medical doctor? And I'm like, Eve's mm. like, yes, because somehow you know how to do everything. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I do. Totally agree. I do have to wonder if that was really Nora wanted to put in there um, podcast and death. Did you forget that Mira was actually a medical doctor? Because we've complained about it before. That's it's probably I not knew that she was a medical doctor. She right, they, but we complain about her has, doing everything. Has, she she do she do do everything. And um yeah, what was Which it? Is um, unrealistic. But this is fiction, so fine. The ritual, 
we complained about that because I think it was Griswold. the lady that runs the hotel had a headache and we and she was like we're gonna take her in mira will take care of her and we were all like you know oh yeah mira, mira you know can just take care of everyone yeah. all the time you know yeah so no. i don't know um so eve mentions that the neighbors don't seem to have any family connection to a dead cop because eve is you know hung up on the neighbors and mira responded that family is where you make it isn't it because norris beating us over the head with the family theme beating us over the head yes um hard as she walked into the bullpen jenkinson leaped up and um you know more of the f word uh then they let her know that whitney is waiting in her office peabody asked her if she's okay eve responds i haven't been in my in my office and i've been punched in the face in the fucking tit i've been wanded and cold packed and now i have to go over it all with the commander before i can do my damn job i've been better so suck it up eve (laughs) right suck it up eve (laughs) uh Whitney orders Eve to sit and gets them both coffee. He tells her he reviewed the garage cams because there's garage cameras. Ding dong. Um, <laughs> it's a fucking idiot. Right? Honestly, yeah. she indicated that Lansing has had an issue with her and she didn't care about the repercussions. What mattered was paying her back. Um, as he left, Eve closed her eyes and wanted just one minute to realize to relax, but heard Peabody clomp her way. Uh, Peabody walks in with another ice pack for Eve. She also cons Eve into taking a blocker by threatening to tag Rourke. (laughs) Because that's the way you do it. That is, uh, Peabody knows. Yeah, that is the way you do it. So just, you know, she handles it. (laughs) Right. Um, she asks what Peabody's so pissed off about, and Peabody goes on a rant about Lansing attacking her lieutenant and Baxter. It takes a while, but Eve calms her down. Uh, one of their next angles is to investigate the murder weapon. Getting a police issue is not supposed to be allowed. Eve heads up to EDD to talk with Feeney. The word about Lansing's attack had already spread to him. Eve's annoyed with everyone commenting on her being punched in the boob. He agrees to help with the weapon search. Feeney is like embarrassingly embarrassed about talking about Eve being punched in the boob. <laughs> I'm like, Feeney, come on. What, he's like, you body. can't even say the word boob. <laughs> Bless him. He's so precious, but dear God, I was like, wow, Feeney. <laughs> I, I, I look, you know, yeah. He's so fucking hilarious. I love him. Yeah. Um, because he says his nose is busted, his jaw may be dislocated, his ribs have to hurt, and he won't be using his right arm easy for a while. And Feeney says, "Good shithead." He looked over her left shoulder. How's the uh the you know the uh girl part? <laughs> Come Feeney. on, Feeney. <laughs> This is like, this is, this is some next That's level girl part. prudiness. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you're a fucking cop. 
I know, but it's so sweet. You can't say it's like so <laughs> fucking adorable. I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, Feeny, but also How's you're just adorable. <laughs> girl part. Like, do you understand that right. everyone has tits, yeah. including men? Right, Feeny? exactly. <laughs> and of course, Eve's like, God, is everybody talking about that? I'm good, fine, everything. Move on, she thought, and fast. <laughs> If asked, oh my god, they're cut from the same cloth. Exactly, one hundred percent. Oh man, I love them. Just as she's getting back to work, Webster steps into her office once again. Lansing is brought up. He mentions how he used to think he was crazy about Eve, but after Rourke kicked his butt, Beth and Martin told him that he had crossed the line. And Webster says, "That's family. They'll mop you up and tell you the truth." Correct. And then, I mean, yeah, they were right. Cause like Webster was a lot. <laughs> he was a lot. Yeah. But then Webster tells her, you know, lets her in on the fact that he had gone over to Greenleafs the other night to talk to him about something specific. And what he wanted to talk to him about was that he turned in his papers, meaning he's going to leave, leave um, the NYPSD and join Darcia Angelo on Olympus resort. And he wants to train cops on Olympus since it wouldn't cut it to work for Angelo. Which is smart. <laughs> Conflict of interest. Right. Training makes sense, I guess. I like that for him, honestly. Yeah. Just as he rose to leave, um, Chief Angelo steps into the doorway. She hugs Webster and tells him how worried she is about Martin Greenleaf. So I guess she had come, she surprised him because he told her about it. Obviously he called her and he didn't realize that she was going to like leave Olympus and come down to earth to be with him at this time. But of course she would. Hello. Of course she would. Cause she's fucking amazing. Yeah. Why wouldn't yeah. she? We love her. You know, you know, she's fucking fantastic. Yeah. After Webster leaves, Angelo mentions that she can tell Eve doesn't approve of their decision. Eve tells her that um, what matters is that she came, which is true. And her coming helped lift some of the stress and grief off of, you know, Webster's shoulders. Um, after a while, Eve heads out with Peabody to interview some more possibles. Peabody, tell, Peabody tells her that Lansing had a file he kept on Eve since Nadine's first, first book came out. And that's weird. Right? So weird. Yeah. So, yeah, so they go to interview a few other people that could be possibles, you know, um, their final interview is with Stephen Ogilby. Oh, piece of shit. Yeah. Huge piece of shit. He spews a lot of For filth real. and misogynistic crap near the end. Peabody snaps and turns on him spewing out, out a solid insult. <laughs> then they wonder how he can have such fancy top of the line furnishings on his salary. And Eve is about to reach out to Rourke to ask him to dig in. But Peabody suggests she just text him. So he won't see her beat up face until she gets home. Which, good looking out, Peabody. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was so cute. Yeah. I love so that. brilliant. Brilliant. Honestly, like, that scene when, I'm sorry, I have to talk about yeah, this. No. Go ahead. Where he is just, like, spewing all of this, like, misogynistic shit mm -hmm. like i just ugh, i i want someone to punch him in the fucking face <laughs> right like like i 
I'm on the right. second. Re- I'm on my second reading of that section. I'm like, God, I just wish one of them would have fucking punched him. I hate this guy. Right. And right. then, like, obviously, you know, he is he's, awful. He he's obviously like getting in trouble or whatever, but he didn't. You know, he wasn't the murderer, so we don't even get to see him like be punished for being a piece of shit. And I want that for us. Right. <laughs> awful. Absolutely awful. And I I was like, I was like, I was astounded at how much anger I felt that I didn't (laughs) get to see more of him being punished for sucking so bad. (laughs) (laughs) He was such a complete douche. So that's that's how I feel about that. I hate this guy. Someone punch him in the face. And Okay. And I think, isn't he wearing like a shirt that has like that? Yeah, he's wearing the Confederate flag he's shirt. He's wearing the Confederate yeah, flag shirt. Shit. And Eve like gives him the like, oh, yeah. you know they lost, right? You know they lost. Yeah. I was like, ooh. Yeah, they, you know they lost. <laughs> <laughs> but it tracks that a loser would wear a loser's shirt. <laughs> right, exactly. And I don't, I mean, Where's the lie? we kind of like, I think no lie at all. No, and <laughs> I think in our kind of like text messages, we were like, you know, that's her taking a dig at another. Yep. You know, presidential candidates' uh, followers. Mm-hmm. Yep. There. Uh, yep. yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure someone will have something to say about well, yeah, that. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, you certainly did. Yeah. Sorry, guys. So they head back to the bullpen. Eve starts thinking about the comment Peabody made about Lansing, starting a file on her after Nadine's first book. She reaches out to Nadine, and it turns out Lansing hit on her pretty hard. He wouldn't take no for an answer, even though he was married. She finally told him to back off, and he was pissed, but did so. Eve updated her reports on the case, back in her office, and also sent Whitney and Mira an update on Lansing. So she talks to Baxter and Trueheart about taking some of the possibles and interviewing them. And then she goes home. Uh, she walks in the house. Somerset immediately comments on the injuries she had mostly forgotten about. Of course. <laughs> uh, Rourke walks into the bedroom before she has a chance to do um, another wanding. But let's be honest, she wasn't going to do that anyway. No, no. <laughs> She tells him about Lansing, what happened, and he's uh, really, really pissed. He's p- he's pissed when he sees Eve's face in the first place. And yes. then um, Eve says something about him punching her in the boob, and Rourke is even more pissed. Rourke's right. like, had I been there, oh, he'd have been right. dead. Boob. Yes. So Rourke lets her have pizza for dinner, which is nice. You know? Yeah. I mean... She can have whatever the fuck she wants for dinner, but she lets work do that. Let's be let's be well, honest about it. <laughs> it is nice of him. It's a nice little game they play that we love. So true. It is nice of yes. him to suggest but also, pizza. Also, had he not, but yeah, exactly. Had he not suggested pizza, I'd have been like, "You're a dick." Or <laughs> woman has had a fucking day. She was punched in the boob. And everybody at Central was talking about it. And everyone is talking about it. Give her pizza. Right? Yeah. But it's it's another one of my favorite Rourke Eve things is like them and they're like, well, can we have this for dinner? And I'm like, 
Eve can literally have whatever the fuck she wants for dinner, but she lets Rourke make choices because that's their relationship. But I like when he chooses to give her pizza or spaghetti or something. So cute. It's really... Agreed. I could not be in that kind of relationship, but that's clearly the two of them, and so I love it. She needs a lot of comfort food in this um, in this case, you know. Yeah, deserve it. Yeah, because this is a hard case. So, oh, for sure. Um, so yeah, so Rock tells her what he dug up on Ogilvy, which is that um, he's uh, he's money laundering for the mob. Uh, then they Rock tends to her injuries again before bed she tells him about jenkinson getting upset and peabody making her take a blocker but also telling him that peabody got her to take the blocker by telling her that unless she did he would she was going to call rourke and rourke is very amused by that which i love and then yeah and then also telling him that she um she got eve to peabody got eve to wand again because or not no peabody convinced eve not to call rourke because he would have seen her face. Right. And so, I mean, Peabody's really, she got, she's got Eve's back. Let's be honest. Yeah. Peabody's got Eve's back. She's yeah. also got Rourke's back. Yeah. She's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, they mention, you know, Rourke mentions that, you know, they're not just cops, they're family. Yeah. Um, then they talk about Webster and Angelo and Rourke is not at all surprised. No. And who is Eve is, well, I mean, you know that he's that Webster's I mean, leaving the NYPSD to go live on Olympus. Sure, I get it's that, somewhat surprising. But- there could have been other ways they could have done that. As they go to bed, she asks him to make a pact that neither of them will want to leave planet Earth to go live somewhere else. <laughs> and he agrees with the stipulation that it won't happen unless Earth gets uninhabitable, which which does make sense. Right. But then there's the whole thing about how, like, why would, why would she, when she gets like all hung up on, why would they want to go live in a place spinning in space? And I'm like, all of us are like, yeah, Earth also is a place spinning in space. Right. <laughs> Every single yeah. person was like, the fuck? Yeah. Eve. <laughs> when somebody actually said that, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I like, I like imagine one of those things okay. like, who's, who's, who's going to tell her? Who's gonna right. tell her? <laughs> it was Darcia, wasn't it? Darcia's like, well, Earth yeah, it was Darcia. So... I think it was. Oh yeah. yeah, I, I love Darcia. Right, but here's the thing, and I'm with Eve in that. Um, yes, Earth is a thing that's spinning in space, right? But I don't ever worry yeah. about at any moment something could go wrong and Earth could be all like, you know, um, Titanic sub on us and like. <laughs> Right, which that could happen on Olympus. I'm sure that Rourke has safety measures built in. Right, but you never know; something can happen, and then it's next thing you know, it's like it's like the Titanic sub. Sorry, (laughs) and that's like I would be worried about that constantly if I was living on Olympus, and I'm sure that's what Eve's thinking. It's like the Titanic sub. Well, it is, you know. I too can't. soon, AJ. I know it is too soon. But. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're not wrong. You're not. I'm wrong. not wrong. Not, holy shit! It can happen. I mean, there's safeguards, I'm sure, but still, it it could happen. 
I that's what I would be worried about the entire time. But that's just me. Um, no, can I go off? You're not can wrong. I go off topic just a minute? Yes. yes. There's a TikTok trend right now of um, yeah. women asking their significant others, their boyfriends, or their husbands, um, how often they think about the Roman Empire. Oh, Jesus How much? Christ. How often do either of you think about? I've heard. I've heard about yeah. this. Yes. How often do either what? of you think about the Roman Empire? <laughs> Never. Never. Um, it is not high school history right. class. So, so these you know. these women oh, right. on TikTok Never. are asking their husbands or boyfriends, "How often do you think about the Roman Empire?" And their husbands and boyfriends are going like, "Um, like at least a couple times a week." And it's a thing. Like <laughs> men think about the Roman Empire, and I and when Caitlin was here on Monday, I was like, "Did you did you ask your dad that?" And she was like, "No, I haven't." And then she, just now she texts me. Dad says yes. He thinks about the Roman Empire probably a couple times a week. What the fuck? <laughs> the what? fuck? The fuck? Caitlin. <laughs> so. Tell your daddy's stupid. It's well, it's a it's a man thing apparently. Like, very few men. Very few of the videos that I've I seen have men never. going like, "I don't." Most of them are like, um, a couple times a week. Or at least once a day. Or maybe, what? yeah. What? Yeah. The fuck? What the hell? And they're like, well, I think about, <laughs> like, if like if I'm driving somewhere, and think about how Roman Empire, their road systems. And if it's, like, if I'm in the bathroom, I think about how the Roman Empire had invented, you know, invented toilets. And I think about, like, that kind of thing. And it's like, I don't ever think about that. I don't believe them. It's a thing. No. It is a thing. Uh, honest to God, ask any ask any man. What the hell? Text your brothers right now and say how often do you okay. think about the I'm Roman Empire? To. I'm going to text my yes. brothers right and ask now. Them. I swear to God, I, they will say a mm, couple times a week. I bet my brother is one of those people who will be like never, uh, never. Yeah. My brother then, will be. But another. then these women are like, well, then what's the the Roman Empire for women? Because clearly, we're not thinking about the Roman Empire. What's the Roman Empire for women? And my per- personal opinion is murder. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, and I said that to Kaylin. I said, I think it's murder. And Kaylin's like, well, I mean, not necessarily because sometimes I'm thinking about like her safety, like being on something about her safety, being snatched or being. And she said, which is, oh, I guess that, I guess that is murder. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> if you're thinking about that, you're thinking about murder. You're worried about that because so you could I, be murdered. Right. Well, no, okay, so I googled this whole thing about the how often you think about the Roman Empire. Right. Um, did so this is what it says on you know the very reliable internet. It mm-hmm. says historian Dame Mary Beard has theorized that this worldwide obsession has occurred because the Roman Empire's reign provides a safe space for being macho in. <laughs> Lord knows they need safe places to be macho in. Yeah, there it is. I mean. Fucking man. Weird. Just weird. Yeah. So random. Random. But anyway, that came up on my. I texted Tyler. He's going to be like, what the fuck? Like, why are you asking me this? Totally just. Texted him. Okay, what's well, Oh, that's okay. Well, Justin's really awesome. I want to ask Justin tomorrow at work. <laughs> okay. Um, 
This is wild. So, um, of course, that night Eve has a dream also, and she dreams that she talks to Greenleaf about all the cops he investigated during his career. He indicates that they haunt him because they were wrong cops and that now they will haunt her. At the point, at that point, the pictures on his walls, because he was on his walls were all the pictures of the, of the cops that he had investigated. And they became men and women in ghostly shape who fall on green leaf like wolves. It was kind of a disturbing dream. <laughs> I, I won't, uh, I won't lie. Yeah. 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 Kind of weird. Yeah. Um, as they eat breakfast, they discuss Greenleaf and the crooked cops. She's happily dressed in all black in case that she would make Greenleaf's memorial that day, but didn't have time to change into her uniform. Um, she headed out that day and on the way to meet Peabody at the home of, um, the daughter of a captain Louis Noy. Uh, who had taken his own life with his service weapon while under investigation for a career full of corruption. His family lost everything after his suicide, and five months after his suicide, his son also hung himself. So, yeah, they talked to this, the daughter, Taylor. Um, she's surprised to be a suspect. Her alibi is that she was covering a Mets game during the time of death. She indicated that her dad was a great father, but then... Learned that outside the home, he was a liar, cheater, thief, manipulator, and more. She noticed that things changed at the home on the night uh, a guy asked her out for her first date. She went down to check with her father if it was okay and found him dead. She told them she didn't blame Greenleaf. She blamed everything on her father. So clearly she's not a suspect. So then they go and interview... uh, Another guy whose daughter was part of uh, Louis Noy's syndicate. Uh, that guy's angry at Greenleaf, but um, Eve and Peabody don't think he has anything to do with Greenleaf's murder. The next likely is Sila Spacek, who was engaged to a guy named Ansel Hobbs, who had taken bribes, planted evidence, doctored it, and altered reports for money. Um, this is when Eve tells Peabody that she knew Hobbs. I was gonna, I was gonna say, is that the one that Eve slept with? Right. That <laughs> all kinds of people just coming out of the woodwork of sleeping with each right. other, not sleeping with each yeah. other, whatever. And again, could this be Nora listening to us? Because we've talked before about how come Nor- we meet all kinds of people that have slept with Rourke, but we never meet anybody else besides Webster who slept with Eve. We've talked about that a couple Good times. Good point. Then all yeah. of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, here's this guy, and I slept with him. So, anyway. Nora! Are you yeah. here? She's, she's listening. Somebody's Hi. listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hi! We love you. Yeah, call us. Call us on our number. Call us. Call us. 205-476-2753. I spells out 205-4-ROAR. <laughs> i mean we would really like to have you on the show oh my god so we would would be amazing we would love to have nora on the show so anyway eve tells peabody that she knew hobbs and that that she and hobbs had had sex once bang it out 
That cracked me up. Oh, yeah, that is what, is that what that she said. Cracked me well, up. I mean, the way she said it. Yeah, we, you know what? We banged it Lucky out. Drinks, we banged it out. I'm like, oh my God, Eve. <laughs> sure. Eve, Eve is like her vocabulary. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I love it so much. I like, know. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's so funny. I wonder beautiful. how many times Eve thinks about the Roman Empire. <laughs> She's very male. <laughs> I mean. If Nora's ever on the show, we totally have to ask her how many times Rourke thinks about the Roman Empire. <laughs> yes, we do. We have to says. ask her that. <laughs> okay. Well, now that we've made that um, determination. <laughs> and I swear Important. to God, I think he thinks about it a lot. Probably, yeah. I think he does. So, <laughs> so. um, so anyway, getting back to the book, um, <laughs> what? Yes, back to the book. So after Eve had made detective, she saw Hobbs again at a bar, and um, got an itch, meaning she felt something was off. So when it came out that IAB was investigating him, she wasn't surprised. Um, so they question SpaceX and, you know, they don't see that she's involved in any way because she wasn't mad at, you know, anybody at Central. She was mad at Hobbs, which, you know, I don't blame her. Right. Um, so back at Central, they hop into the elevator and they um, elevator, of course, has a puddle of pee in it. And classy shit. Peabody calls her new friend in maintenance, Hazel. Um, I'm only mentioning Hazel because a lot of people um, on our chat about this book think it's hilarious that Peabody made a new friend in maintenance. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, of course she did because she's Peabody. Yeah, exactly. She's just out here making friends. Why wouldn't she have made a friend in maintenance? Right. It's also very handy. Yeah. That tracks. Tracks. Um, so when they get to the bullpen, they see Webster and his dress blues sitting on a bench. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's very sad because they, um, they, she says that he's dressed in his, in his dress blues, but he's sitting in a bench in central and like Rourke at one point is there at central when she comes in and he's like sitting on Jenkinson's off, uh, desk, you know, shooting the shit. So it's a big contrast between Rourke and Webster, Webster yeah. how they're treated by the bullpen. Well, the bullpen um, really loves Rourke. So, yeah. <laughs> so Webster follows her into her office. Uh, she tells him what her current theory is, but cautions him not to share it, that info with the family. After he leaves, um, Feeney enters the bullpen and Eve is thinking in her head when she sees Feeney, he looked more hangdog than usual. Peabody must have seen it too, as she simply stepped back and left them alone. So Feeney comes to Eve's office with two more possible suspects, but really he's just very sad about all the cops they're having to look at. Yeah. Eve decides to pretend to be Rourke and make Feeney eat. They share a hamburger and French fries at her desk. Which is cute. It's very cute. And this whole thing is, you know, very sad that you know it's all this is all weighing on him right you know 
um, there's a lot of talk about bad cops, you know, and how sad it is that there's so many and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it really is coming off as kind of a Norris commentary, commentary on current current events. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I, I think that's absolutely Nora commenting on it. Yeah, 100%. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. It's got to be like, it's got to be hard to be writing an ongoing police procedural when the police of the present world are really, really just being very disappointing. You know? Right. So right. I I appreciate yeah. that she does like, you know, make that kind of, I don't know, puts puts it out there as like a an acknowledgement you know she yeah i mean she she puts it out there as an acknowledgement and then but also shows us what it's like to have good cops and yeah. what that looks like well that's which is which is really nice that's important because otherwise you're not going to have a successful series about right us. yeah uh she and she and peabody dress into their dress blues and go to greenleaf's memorial yes uh, when they get back, Rourke is sitting on Jenkinson's desk, like I was saying, you know. Um, and Eve tells him about Feeney and their discussion. And I just thought it was funny because she's like, and I decided to be you. And, I know. you know, Rourke was like, wait, me what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a trick that Rourke uses on her. She it acknowledges is. that. And- so they talk about the weapon that was used and how they're unable to trace it. Then Eve realizes um, that the age of the weapon could be another clue. And it's a, you know, she held up a finger. Wait, another possible filter there. Shit, I missed that. Shit, who was on the job on the list during the period that model was issued? I've accounted for the model and the logs check, but logs can be doctored. And not a stretch if you're dirty anyway. Take care of the ID number and you've got a drop piece. I missed it. So then that's when Baxter comes in and he's all like, looking sharp, Rourke. And Rourke is like, <laughs> back to you. And Baxter's like, yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't be looking so sharp if you hadn't given me a thin shield. Yeah, right. Good, good advertisement. Rourke's about to leave when Eve gets a tag on her phone. Uh, for a male victim, uh, Benjamin Ugh. Greenleaf found hanging oh, by the neck on God. premises. These fucking killers. This is the right? dumbest right? fucking thing. Idiots. Yeah. Fucking They're both stupid. Really. They're not smart. They're so not stupid. smart. Eve Peabody and Rourke head for Eve's car. Eve is more convinced than ever that the Noy family is the key to the case. Ding, 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 Eve. Right? Yep. Eve Peabody and Rourke head to the Greenleafs. Um, and this is where we have a couple of Yannis. Yeah. Because uh, the officer on the door says, Lieutenant, sir, Detective Webster is inside. And Webster is actually a lieutenant. Yes. Yep. Um, in the audiobook, more than once, Susan Erickson says Detective Webster. Yeah. Which again, in, that's not in this her. chapter they say detective. Yeah. Yeah. But like earlier in the book, hey. even. But that's not Susan's fault. That's obviously the book she was given to read. Right. <laughs> She's perfect. <laughs> she is perfect. Well, okay. Since we're talking about Susan and her being perfect, 
She actually is not perfect. She isn't, but we forgive her. Her Webster and voice is off. Her Webster voice is in fact off. That is not the Webster voice that she started out with. No. But okay. then I think when we look back on back on it, um, she hasn't done the Webster voice since like treachery. Yeah. yeah that's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been like and 10 I, years since she's done a Baxter voice. I guess I have I mean, a Webster voice. I guess I never really thought about it, but yeah. It's been about 10 years. It seems like a long time for, for us not to have. I mean, Webster, we've, we've yeah. mentioned Webster, but we ha- he hasn't like been in on the scene where he's like got stuff to say, you know? Sure. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good so, thing. That means IAB hasn't been, you know, crazy. Right. But it, the whole time yeah. I was thinking, because I'm me, you know, I'm listening <laughs> to this audiobook, and um, I'm thinking... Webster doesn't sound right. What's wrong with Webster's voice? She's not. What? What is that? And then I. So I decided to go back and see, um, listen to the last few books that he was in, and listen to his voice. And when she originally did him, she did him with a very slight Southern accent. Okay. Yes. And um, doesn't she do this back one with a Southern accent too? Yeah, which I'm not okay with. But whatever. But when she did this book, there was no Southern accent and that's what I was missing. Right. Cause we got, it used was confusing to it. me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it, I probably wouldn't even have noticed because it had been so long. It's been so long. If, if we were just going through and, and the last time we heard him was treachery and now we're hearing this, I probably wouldn't even notice because it's been so many years, but because of the fact that we're reading all the books in order, but then stopping. Right. And then yeah. reading this one. Then you know I've heard Webster's voice recently. Yeah, sure. yeah. So that's why it was like next <laughs> in my head. It was like this something's weird, something weird here, and that's what I realized that she wasn't doing any kind of an accent. Pretty. Really? Yeah. I didn't notice it. I didn't realize it at first. Yeah, I was thinking only, about it's it. Me. It's me. Well, it's only but me. But like, but the second that that it like was brought up, I was like, oh my god, that's a hundred percent right. But again, it's been so long since, <laughs> and I haven't listened to Treachery like recently. Like I started reading it, I didn't. I haven't right. listened to it, so I have, yeah. but not recently. Right. That's fair. I think I had listened to Treachery recently. That's fair. But I, also, he's I, been in a couple I of books. Read, that read Treachery recently. recently. Well, you don't listen to them, okay. Jen. <laughs> but I don't listen. So your opinion so. on this does not is not valid, right? <laughs> But yeah, I just, I didn't think about it, but um, even though she did that, Susan is very close to perfect. Pretty close. I mean, as close <laughs> as anybody could yeah, possibly right. get. Honestly. I mean, we yeah. love her. I mean, right? I, do I love her. Jen agrees, Jen agrees with that. So. And we love her. She's perfect. She is. Practically perfect in every way. Yep, she's like Mary Poppins. <laughs> she's Mary she Poppins. She's amazing. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't even listen to the book. But it's okay, Jen. We know you appreciate her. You don't have to I listen to the books to appreciate her. Out of yeah, she's amazing. Who wouldn't? Let's be honest. People who are wrong. Anyway, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um. So yes, there's a, the detective Webster thing, but also there's another Yanni. Oh, that we might not have noticed. 
Um, one of so she goes upstairs and she asks one of the officers to tell her what the the timeline, right? Okay. And this officer says the nine one one came in at sixteen forty eight for the MTs and the police response. My partner and I arrived along with the MTs at sixteen forty two. Oh, oh, <laughs> so. Somehow they went back in time. Yeah, you know, they went back in time. It's fine. You know, they had the Omega 13. Yeah. If you're, for anybody who knows anything about <laughs> Galaxy Quest, they had the Omega 13. They went back in time. That's a spoiler. <laughs> that's, that's, that is poor. Uh, like, that is, that is very poor, like, uh, proofreading, you know, <laughs> To not, I mean, it's it's literally there in the same sentence. Yeah, like, uh, like how, who? Nope, it's bad. Like, it's yeah, so weird. Bad. <laughs> nice job, publishers. Yeah. Nice job. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so she also questions Webster and Darcia, and you know they tell her what happened. You know with Ben. Um. Eve notices blood on the floor. Webster tells her that Ben was hit on the back of the head before he was hung. Eve finds a little league. Uh, Eve finds a little league trophy with blood on it, uh, which makes Rourke really pissed because Rourke's there. Rourke's like, they use a little league, tro- a kid's trophy. <laughs> he was so right. angry because it's a fucking. Yeah. These guys suck, man. Like they're you're awful. not even good. They're not right. even good at they're it. Awful. Like. And then they put the trophy back and they still got blood on it. It's like, okay. But they did take his link, apparently. His link was missing. Yes. Ben's link yes. was. Um, so Rourke checks the security system and finds it was shut down just before the incident. The room with the security equipment is in the basement where all the kids were gathered. So they go to the hospital and Eve questions a few of the kids and finds that Robards had been down to the basement just prior to the security system being shut down. So, yeah, you're that's... Mm. That's dumb. Right. Well, none of these kids will know. No. They're just dumb kids. They're just How dumb are they kids. Know? <laughs> like, never underestimate kids. So, um, the doctor is basically keeping everybody out and then finally lets the family in. And Eve is, of course, chomping at the bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Eve is finally allowed to talk to Ben Greenleaf. He tells her he went upstairs because he got a text from his daughter, Dory. Saying, please, Daddy, don't say anything. Come up to the kid zone. We call it the kid zone. I can't remember too many people. Sad, please don't tell mom. So that's why he was up there because everybody's like, well, why was he up there? Um, he said the door to the room was closed. He opened it and it was dark inside. He doesn't remember anything after that. Um, so he asked, and he also asked Eve to tell him what happened because he doesn't remember anything. He just remembers being in the hospital and nobody will tell him what had happened. Right. So um, Eve goes back to the waiting room and she asks Dory to give her her link. Then Dory says she can't find it. Eve asks for the numbers for Ben and Dory's links, then gives those numbers to Rourke to trace. Eve tries to get in touch with the noise and ask if they know Arnez, but hasn't been able to. She also gives those numbers to Rourke to track, and he tells her that the noise are in Vegas at a wedding chapel. He's having a good old time. So cute. At a at a um LGBTQ wedding. 
Yeah. Did, any, did anyone else like have a moment of panic? Like, oh my god, did someone get to them? Because right. Well, I was. I was a like, little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little and I bit. Was like, or then I yeah. then part of me was like, oh no, I didn't. At that point, like, I definitely didn't want it to be them. Like, I didn't want them to be bad guys because I liked Taylor when she talked to Taylor. Right. I was like, yeah. I really like her. Don't Absolutely. don't make this don't make this like a plot twist. It makes me sad. So, right. but, I worked out. <laughs> but, I, but I was she like, do that. I was like, oh no, they can't get a hold of anyone. And then I was like, oh, okay, that's why. Mm-hmm. That's not why. responding to text messages, like, but like not texting or anything back when like all of that time passed. I'm like, that's a little much, guys. Everyone got wasted. Like yeah. they are all, they all they must all have gotten, like they must right. have all like gotten their asses handed to Absolutely. them by alcohol in Vegas. Because I yes. was like, there is no way that the entire fucking family gets a message from a police officer. And not one of them goes, you know what? Let's just like tell them, hey, this is where we are and we'll update them tomorrow. No, no, no. They are all so drunk They're that they cannot drunk. even <laughs> enter the drunk. realm of possibility. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have never been that drunk. So that idea does not like. <laughs> no, it was, right. very, it was very cute. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. But I did. I had that moment. I was like, no, I don't want them to be involved and I don't want them to be not okay. Nope. nope. Right. They're all okay. Oh, they're just it's having fine. a great time. And they all yeah. were having a great they time. They had a blast. Good for them. So as they drive back to Central, they get stuck in a traffic jam. And this is when Eve asks, why haven't you come up with something that just poofs us from here to there? And they have this big discussion about poofing. <laughs> and that is crazy shit. Yeah. And it, I, just li- I just love the fact that Rourke tells her, like, because you wouldn't use it. And he's yeah, not she's wrong. like, well, I would use it. And he was like, mm, no, no, you, you wouldn't. wouldn't. And here's all the reasons. Like, you'd be all concerned about, you know, if you were poofed with other people that parts would inter- end up, you know, interchanged. And, you know, you would never push the button. And he finally says, yeah, you're right. I would never push that button. He's so smart. So <laughs> he is smart. He's very smart. He is so very smart. So even work at home and they see Somerset in the hallway and he's got a tux on. And he tells them, together and unbloodied, a good day. She says, like, not for everybody. I want to check in with the sweepers and then heads upstairs. So. <laughs> and then they go I mean, do the thing. Um, yeah. I mean, after goes, dinner, they yeah. decide. Um, oh, wait. They, they both work for an hour first. And then they take a break oh, to right. have dinner and discuss the case. And then they have a discussion about fish with um, pineapple. Like, who thought of that? I don't know. Uh, and after dinner, Eve decides to message uh, Taylor Noy again, and then she goes and takes a walk with Rourke, because this is when she tells Rourke that there was a look. She says, when Arnez and Elizabeth Greenleaf got back to the apartment on the night of the murder, when Webster opened the door, Arnez had a look, and he says, what sort of look? And she says, excitement, just for an instant, when the door opened, just uh, Eve snapped her fingers, but it was there in her eyes. I saw it. Then came confusion, then calculation. Boom, boom, boom. She said, snapping her fingers again. I saw it and I thought she's in this. And he says, I didn't see it, but I wasn't looking, but I was looking more at the wife. Why weren't you? 
And I, I love, cause I feel like this is her just, you know, like stopping people, people criticizing right here, you know, sure. yeah. yeah. because she, they're going to say like, well, how did he even like, look and see this. And you just all look, um, he says, I didn't see it, but I was looking more at the wife. Why weren't you? Because that seems correct that she would look at the wife. And Eve says she wasn't going to be in it. Webster, he's not stupid, not naive. Everything he said about her, about their marriage and the family, she wasn't going to be in it. But she's got somebody with her. Who the hell is this? And why is she excited? And he says, if you saw it, it was there. And she says, excitement, confusion, calculation, all there and gone in the time it takes to breathe in and out again. And she says, when we talked to them the next morning, everything was so damn pat. He's all about how she had a terrible night, was so upset. He's a little nervous, but covers it well. And it says he knew his cop, so played to that. People often are nervous after a murder of someone they knew. And with cops at the door, it's more than that. And she says... Yeah, more. She comes out and her eyes are wet, but they're not red, not swollen. She doesn't strike me as somebody who's an emotional upheaval, but she plays it that way. He's protective. Uh, It's all about her for him. Um, Rourke lets her get all of her thoughts about the case out. And then, Jen. Yes. What do they do? They do the thing. thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There you go. But, you know, I, I wanted to specifically put that in because, like, like we've had so many times, so many people like, well, I don't understand how she comes to those conclusions. And here she's telling you exactly why she has come to that conclusion and why she came to it so quickly. Oh, yeah. It's a great, it's a great scene. Yeah. All those things happen within the first few hours, really. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But the way she explains it to Rourke, it's just, it's really... It really does help drive it home, I yes. think, so that we can right. we can follow in that same space, you know. Right. Exactly. So they go to bed. A, dr- a drunk Taylor Noy calls back <laughs> back at 4 a.m. <laughs> oh, and Taylor. they set up a meet at her mom's house. Which was very, that's just a very cute scene. Yeah. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Yeah. And she's talking about how she won money, and it's like yeah. she's like Vegas, baby, Vegas, baby. Yeah. I won yeah. all this money. Yeah, very cute. So anyway, back at Central, Eve briefs Peabody, Baxter, and Trueheart. Then Eve and Peabody work on eliminating some more suspects before heading back to Central. Um, <clears throat> then she talks to Mira. Um. Then even Peabody head out to meet with Taylor Noy and her mother. The Noys describe what happened years ago when Lewis and Bryce Noy committed suicide. Yep. Uh, Eve asked the Noys if Bryce had any girlfriends, and they mention Ellie. Eve shows them a photo of Arnez, and they identify her as Ellie. Eve contacts Baxter and Trueheart and tells them to keep an eye on Robards until they're ready to pick him up. Then contacts Rio for a, a warrant. Uh, Eve then contacts Nadine to let her know they're about to break the Greenleaf case. Yep. When the arrest warrants come through, Eve and Baxter, Eve tells Baxter and Trueheart to pick up Robards. She and Peabody take Arnez down to her, down at her clothing store, which was kind of funny because yeah, oh, 
customer that was like fascinated by the whole thing. Like, ooh, (laughs) love some drama. Right. (laughs) Don't we all customer? Don't we all? Right. Yeah. We all. Especially when it's not your own drama. Yeah. It's not your own drama. We are in. Um, even Peabody then go and search Arnez and Robard's apartment and find a ton of evidence, mm-hmm. including the cell phones that they took from the Greenleafs. Um, the rope that they used. They did, yeah. just did such a shitty <laughs> job. Guess, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, you know, it started the with... The thing is such bullshit. It's, well, okay, all the mistakes from the original murder are fine, but this, like, rushed attempt to try to make it look like Ben killed himself... And right. that like that was like awful. that was so much bullshit. So many mistakes. Right. Like yeah. how there's n- anyone with a fucking brain is not going to think that they're no. gonna get away with that. Nobody's gonna right. buy that. Right. And then they're like, oh, we'll just leave this rope here. Like <laughs> well, and they didn't oh, get rid of the cell phones. No, and they're all in the apartment. And oh my god! Idiot. And then you know she's got a box Idiot. of stuff that she kept. You know, from the time she was, you know, friends with the, the son Happy with Bryce, and in she's love with got him. Yeah, the old uh, cell yeah. phone that she used to text him on, and you know, which is all wild. That, so. Like we're just hold on to the right. cell phone, and then like she got her prom dress weird shit fucking weird really weird weird, fucking ridiculous so so (laughs) so here we are at central again and eve takes um peabody or eve tells peabody to take robards oh you want me to play good guy and then you're and Eve's like no you do it any way you want it but you're the one that's going to be questioning and we we love when Peabody is like, I it, get baby. to be a bitch again. Like, yeah, and she is. It's, she really goes after him. Oh, she goes, and I love it. She shows I him all the it. evidence they have. He denies it at first, then finally says it was all him, and Elva didn't have anything to do with it. Like, oh, fine, okay, okay. whatever, moron, oh, no, shut um, up, idiots. So then they question Elva, and Eve takes the leave there. She immediately brings up Elva's connection to the Noy family and the similarities between the deaths in that family and the murder attempted suicide in the Greenleaf case. Eve shows Elva everything they found in her apartment. Elva complains about her privacy being violated. <laughs> Elva finally says that. She's just a fucking idiot. Like, I'm mad at how fucking stupid they are. Yeah. I just, yeah, I'm just mad stupid. about it. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Like, I'm not, yeah. not, I'm not mad at Nora for writing it, but I'm just, just saying I'm mad at people. Snort cracked me out. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, it just makes me, and then she's like, what, my my rights and i was like oh fuck you like stop it right, exactly and then stop. like her just being like whatever i don't need this lawyer. her poor lawyer like i was like right. oh no. man well you know her lawyer was finally 100%. like okay i'm out that right was, and the lawyer's no. like fuck this really, really <laughs> right exactly <funny. laughs> sorry um, sometimes i don't know how to hold in my emotions when it comes to <laughs> studio no, just no, does, but... good lord yeah that was just really <laughs> funny um so Elva says that Denzel will vouch for her and then immediately pivots to Denzel did it all himself. 
then immediately pivots again to Denzel can't plan his way out of a grease-soaked job in some someone else's garage. I gave my father and the man I love justice. And that's when her father, oh, her uh, lawyer quits. God. And it says, uh, this is the part I loved. Um, so Eve got up and um, as she walked to the door, Eve glanced back. Yeah, she thought she could be petty. I bet Bryce Noy never banged you. Not even a pity bang, which, you know, Eve, good job. (laughs) I mean, yeah, (laughs) for real. And it says Arnez looked at her with dead eyes. I'll kill you one day. And Eve says, go right ahead and believe that. Maybe it'll get you through the decades after the first few. So Eve not playing around. No, nope. So, epilogue. Eve steps out of interview and to observation. Whitney and Rio tell her she did a damned good job because she did. Because she did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Webster asks for a few minutes in her office in private. Uh, then he says that he will tell the family and then will be heading to Olympus. She wishes, she wishes he and Darcy a good luck. He gives her a hug and says thanks. I love that. I really do. I love it. And he was all, I hope you don't punch me out for this or something like that. Yeah. Before he hugs her. But. I hope you don't punch me. Yeah. So I'm Webster leaves hugged. and Rourke comes in and Eve suggests that they take the bullpen to Rourke's Irish pub for dinner. And she yes. says to him, she says to him, I think I'd like a couple of hours and a couple of beers with good cops and the people who work with them. I think I could really use that. And uh, Rourke says, it's a wonder to me that I'd find that I find I'd enjoy a couple of hours with good cops as well. I'll arrange it. And then as he leaves, Rourke says, good work, Lieutenant. And she says, I didn't do it alone. She had good cops and the good people who work with them. And that's the end of the lovely ending. Lovely ending. Lovely. Perfect. We love it. We have commendations. Um, you know, I'm gonna go with Dorcia. Well, she did good in, yeah. in uh, you know, she supporting Webster she came out of nowhere and kind of just jumped in and was supporting Webster and yeah. Gave Eve some cool advice. Um, I'm going to go with um, Captain Greenleaf. I know he's dead, unfortunately. He's dead. But, um, yeah. <laughs> still giving him, you know, I think that that this was a really. A, That's a good this call. was just a really great look at like the complications of what all of these officers are dealing with, you know, like how Eve and Feeney both kind of were like. Oh, I didn't really like this guy, you know, because if he had this hard line or whatever, but like the choice that, and we get a lot of this from Webster and the times that we've spent with Webster in the previous books, but this is a character who has lost his life because of his determination to do the right thing. And it, and it is not an easy thing. And that's continually brought up in the series. Whenever we're looking at other cops, it is not an easy thing for these for these guys to sit on that line, you know? And I really, 
I really, really liked the whole idea of we are, we're not black and white over whether or not this is a, this is like a character we're supposed to like because he was doing what was right. So even Feeney might be like, wow, it's really hard to know that this man was like up everyone's ass about making sure that, you know, cops are following the line, but like they also, the respect that, that resonated. I just, I found it to be very moving. And then also like just the way he's described from the very beginning, there was never any doubt in my mind that he would have been a good guy, you know, like his family, his wife. So I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And I never got to know him obviously, but like good guy. And then he was Webster's family. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I am going to give mine to Feeney only because I mean, it took a lot out of him. You could, you know, obviously to, um, poor Feeney to do this, you know, to realize how many bad cops there were. I think that was like something that he probably knew, but never came to terms with (laughs) until we, you know, got to this book. Yeah. So, you know, um, so hard on Feeney. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a, that's a good call. Okay. We had a, we didn't, I don't know that we had a ton of feedback necessarily from this book. We we did have a ton of feedback, but I think it was like, we have a ton of feedback. So this episode is very long and I don't know if we should go <laughs> into we like can, a ton of feedback. Maybe we can pull it out for the review, the reviews or something. So yes. anything in there yeah. For- we'll, we'll talk about feedback on review, yes. the reviews. Let's do that. That sounds like a good I- idea. Two and a half hours yeah. at this Two and a half hours. Yes. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so let's just do some podcast business real quick. Okay. Um, so we don't have any new patrons, but I got a new um, email from Beatrice. Yay. Hello. How's she yay. doing? How's she doing on her read? Hello. She's doing good. It says, I just finished the episode where you discussed AJ's pronunciation of sword. (laughs) Um, Sorry. (laughs) uh, She says, every German learning English would pronounce it your way unless somebody told them the W was silent. English pronunciation is pretty difficult because there seem to be no rules and many native speakers are too polite to correct your mistakes. I took years before someone pointed out to me that so does not rhyme with new. Why not? In German, once you know how to pronounce the letters or letter combinations, you can usually assume they're always pronounced the same. In English, I have to look up every word I don't know because you never know what weird way it might be pronounced. And this talks about uh, Susan Erickson's reading speed. We must have talked about that too. As for Susan's reading speed, I'm surprised that you said you never noticed it. It was very obvious for me, especially after having the first three books read by a different narrator. I found this very disturbing in the beginning, and it was part of why I didn't like the narration very much at first. Then I figured out I could slow it down, which made it much better. The newer ones are very slow compared to this, so so slow that I usually speed them up a bit. The latest book came out while I was listening to Kindred, and of course I had to stop and switch to Payback. And then you jump around between earlier and later books, like it becomes very obvious. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. Um, luckily, we can adjust the speed to whatever suits us. Yes, you can. And but I never do yes. that. 
And I don't ever adjust the speed. Do you adjust the speed, Tara? (laughs) I do not. You don't adjust the speed either. No, I I know that you can, but I don't. I don't. No. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of people saying that that they adjust the speed mostly to try to get through a book quicker. But you know, I never adjust the speed. It's weird. No, I. We've also never in a hurry to get through the book. I've never adjusted the speed. Right. But I don't listen to the audiobooks. Right. No, I do I do listen to um some podcasts on like one and a half speed. Mm-hmm. But it depends on the podcast. Um but I've never done that with a book. Everyone's different. Huh. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um <laughs> so yeah, that's that's really all we got for podcast business. Um Oh, we do have one more thing, which is that uh, in um, in the Facebook page, um, who was it? Dana. Dana mentioned the the cookbook that's going to come out. Yes. yes. I can't remember. I think we talked about it a little bit on the last show, but um, we're very excited about. That. Um, so I did contact the uh, author of that cookbook, asked if she wanted to be on the show. She said she did want to be on the show. So we're going to try to schedule her sometime, maybe in uh, November. November. Right. I think November. um, But I need to know you guys' schedule. (laughs) When I say you guys, I meant meant Tara. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. No, Mm. true. Yeah. Because I'm like, yep, whatever, AJ. And Tara's like, I don't know. Tara's like, well, I'm busy. It's been real good for the last couple months, okay? And then... (laughs) But but not theater stuff for the last couple of months. I go out to dinner with um, one of my friends pretty much every night, so (laughs) there's that, and then I do basic snitches. (laughs) So she's very busy. You know, know, I've got to do a play. I've got to do... I'm very popular, friends. You are very popular, and we love you. Also, um, like two of my high school best friends just came back into my life basically oh, all the time. And I'm, like, right. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love well, you now we so need much. This too? Come on. <laughs> they're, um, they're the best. <laughs> well, that's good. So, yeah, November. We'll so, we'll, we'll my thought was it, that makes a ton of sense. Like, that we should do that show like week before Thanksgiving, a show about food. Should, would, I love would a work show about out. food. Perfect. Or, yeah. or the week of Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving will have been already over when we release the show after Thanksgiving. So no, that's perfect. Um, I I can see if she has some time, um, first couple weeks of November to record. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that we'll we'll do that sometime in uh, November and probably pay that after um, Thanksgiving or the weekend of Thanksgiving. Okay. Yes. That the, the food the food week the food week <laughs> makes <laughs> makes total sense yes so um anyway so i think that's it for for podcast business yes. um, do we yes next week do, is um a fun episode we have adam next week adam is, is. next week yes, yes. yes. sorry i could yes. yes that should be a really a fun male. episode can't wait. A man on I forgot all about that. Yeah. 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 So, so excited. He he's he has uh he has some thoughts. So oh, does um, he? Oh, I'm excited. Sure he does. <laughs> That's fine. You know what? Thoughts good or bad would be will be fun. They'll all be entertaining. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, so I'm excited. So yeah, that's next week. We're we're talking so to Adam. Week. We are um, talking next week. to Adam next so, week. And yeah, that'll I be I yeah. completely forgot about that, but yes. Um, Yay. Okay, good. Yeah. So we got a couple episodes planned. <laughs> yes, good job, us. That's good. Good job, us. We <laughs> usually don't have any good episodes planned. Correct. <laughs> um, anyway, so, but I think that's it for this episode of Podcast and yes. Death. Um, so you know where to find us on any of your social medias if you need to talk to us or want to get in touch with us for any reason. Just search for us on any of the social medias. Look for Podcast and Death. Go to our website, www.podcastanddeath.com. Uh, send us an email at show at podcastanddeath.com or call the number. And I'm talking to Laura, uh, Nora now. Laura or Nora, <laughs> either one. <laughs> call the number 205-476-2753. And that spells out 2054-ROAR. And I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, Nora. Come on. Call us. Yeah. Call us, Nora. Come on. Call us Nora Roberts. <laughs> so anyway, so that's it for this episode of Podcast and Death. So for Podcast and Death, this is AJ. This is Jen. This is Tara. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This episode and all of our previous episodes are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastanddeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast and Death on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-476-2753. That spells out 205-4-ROARCH. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slouch at you.